Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. What defines a legend? Well, a man by the name of Don Trenner. Incredible jazz pianist, arranger, and musical director of The Steve Allen Show, Bob Hope's USO Tours, and the stage shows of Anne Margaret and Shirley MacLaine, just for starters. The world lost this legend in 2020. Don was a generous man whose talent and accolades speak for themselves. But his phrase, I studied at the University of Life, was his tagline. In 2015, I had the honor of interviewing him along with jazz singer Sylvia Mims, who was my co-host at that time on our show, The Artist's Space. Sylvia had recorded with Don Trenner, and I was fortunate enough to attend one of their recording sessions. It was memorable not only because of their combined talents, but in the spontaneity of the interchange of touching humor and intimacy shared by them in their work. All of the music featured today is that of Sylvia and Don from their album, Where Lovers Live. So sit back and enjoy the stories that only legends can own. Here is Sylvia Mims, yours truly, and the inimitable Don Trenner. Well, today we have a very special guest. Pamela and I have been talking about this person since the inception of our show. Oh boy, and how <laughs> this is one of our favorite people in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly, the phenomenal Don Trenner. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Don is a jazz pianist, a musical director, arranger, composer, and a genuinely kind person. Don's career began at 15 years of age when he established his own big band, where he honed his arranging and composing skills. Assigned to special services in, Air, in the Air Force, he organized three orchestras and produced a weekly show. After his discharge from the service, he played with Buddy Morrow, Charlie Barnett, and Tommy Dorsey, all of big band era fame. Much of Don's career has been that of a jazz pianist, playing with Charlie Parker and Stan Getz, amongst others. Over the years, Don has traveled with the Les Brown Orchestra and participated in seven of the Bob Hope Christmas USO tours. Don has worked as a pianist conductor for such artists as Lena Horne, Nancy Wilson, Vicki Carr, Dick Haynes, Jose Feliciano, and Jack Jones. He was the musical director for the highly acclaimed Steve Allen Show. He hosted Sweden's first jazz festival and played with the Jerry Mulligan Quartet. While musical director for Shirley MacLaine, Don was nominated for an Emmy Award for her TV special, Gypsy in My Soul. For 18 years, Don was the musical director for Anne Margaret, and in 1998, toured as a pianist musical director for the multi-talented Rita Moreno. Additionally, he has either recorded or performed with Mel Torme, Charles Mingus, Nelson Riddle, Anita O'Day, Aretha Franklin, and Tony Bennett. The stories he is about, Miles Davis, Sharo, Raquel Welch, and nearly everyone else in show business are priceless. 
Don is a Guilford, Connecticut resident and the maestro of the Hartford Jazz Orchestra. His orchestra accompanied Josh Groban last year during a performance at the Mohegan Sun Casino. I am so proud to add my name to the long list of singers who have performed with Don, and I cannot be more thrilled to have recorded my debut CD with him last year. Of playing with Don, Connecticut-based jazz singer Nicole Pasternak says it best. Playing with Don is like putting on a mink coat. (gasps) So with no further ado, I give you my musical soulmate and most esteemed friend, Don Trenner. Boy, that's really lovely. I'd like to meet this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Don. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Don Trenner. That is Don, (laughs) definitely. Don, so we want to talk about some good stuff. You've got such great stories. Tell us about Steve Allen. And how that all worked out and who you worked with and all that good stuff. Well, doing a television show like that five nights a week, I used to refer to it as a talent incinerator because you just burn up so much talent. I mean, five days a week you get five male singers and four female singers and senators and kook guests, which is what we used to call the crazy people, you know. (laughs) But it was a joy. It was a wonderful experience for me, and I had a wonderful orchestra. I had some very important people in the orchestra, too. For an example, my guitarist was Herb Ellis. Wow. You know, Herb was the guitarist with the great Oscar Peterson trio. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So it, it, uh, experientially, my life has been pretty full, and I'm grateful for it, and I'm glad it's still going. I'm glad that you entered my life. <laughs> And you, Twinkle Toes, too. <laughs> and just for your information, Twinkle Toes is Pamela Kuhn. And I have to tell them how it happened. <laughs> we were do, in Don. New York starting to record your CD, and in walks your voice teacher and dear friend mm-hmm. with some sequined slippers on. And I, I don't know why. I just said, oh, Twinkle Toes. <laughs> and the next I heard was that she was trying to get a license plate. With that with, name with on that, it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great name. And I in really fact, we, even on the CD, because both Don and Pamela are producers on the CD, it's Pamela Twinkletoes Kuhn. <laughs> and I let's love get that. this straight, I really ladies love and gentlemen. That. I am Twinkletoes Kuhn. <laughs> I love it. But back to Steve Allen. Currently, one very important person in my life is Steve Allen Jr., who has been in my life since he was 14 years old. And he's doing the foreword for my book, which I hope will be released in June. Right. We plan on talking about that book Mm -hmm. soon. It's titled Leave It to Me, which is also the title of a tune Mm -hmm. that Don has written. So uh, we are all anxiously anticipating that book because Don's stories are incredible. Don, can you tell us a little bit about how it came to be that you were the musical director for the Steve Allen Show? Yes, actually, it's a result of being with Les Brown. We did one season with him on NBC where we did a monthly show, and I got to know Steve that way, and I started helping Steve write tunes because Steve doesn't write or read music, but he would put notes, uh, referring to notes on the piano on a paper napkin, and I'd go over to his house, and he would play for me, and then I would write his tunes out for him. Isn't that and uh, the last I heard, he had done 5,700 5, tunes. <laughs> Not all of them were wonderful, but some were. And a couple of them were, of course, this could be the start of something, was a big hit for him. 
I would have thought all those years that he could write music. I felt that Steve Allen was just this whole musical process himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he was the tune master, but self-taught. Yeah, yeah. very definitely self-taught. Very interesting. An amazing man. I mean, he was so tangential in his career. He was just did so many things. He wrote many novels. He wrote a show for Broadway called Sophie. It was the life of Sophie Tucker. And it went to Broadway, and it failed. But it was there. I think it lasted for a week. And I sent him a picture of something. He used to call people a fink. And there's a big truck in New York, and it's a bakery. It says, fink means good bread. (laughs) (laughs) So I took a picture of that and took it back to him, and we showed it on the air. Oh, my gosh. Can you tell us about some of the more memorable experiences you had on the show? Because you were the musical director, so you worked with a bevy of different performers on the show. Can you tell us about some of the more memorable performances for you? Oh, gee, there were so many. I don't know where to start. You know, it's um, everyone was different. You know, mm-hmm. every relationship was different. Um, I can remember some wonderful things that happened. For an example, Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. came on the show, and it was early in her career. And she came in with a musical director that I know. He was a very well-known African-American pianist conductor. And he always did his arrangements at the last minute, like in the car on the way to the recording <laughs> studio or whatever. And she came in with some arrangements that she wanted to do. And they really weren't proper. They needed some repair so I did some immediate repair and we did them and about a month and a half later I got a wonderful telegram from her just thanking me and I for, I never forget that stuff I had another experience now that you mentioned it when I was working with Bob Hope you all remember Dorothy Lamour oh yes <laughs> well I worked a lot with her when she was on the show and one day she asked me if she could borrow a dollar because there wasn't actually a cafeteria at NBC in Burbank but there was a truck that was there <laughs> And she wanted something to eat or something, so she borrowed a dollar. And several months later, I got a wonderful thank you note with a dollar in it. <laughs> no interest, of course. No Just interest, no, no. Yeah. We never discussed that. <laughs> but speaking of Aretha Franklin, now I know that there's recently a video that's I know that's come out showing you in the orchestra and Aretha Franklin. And in fact, it was found by a wonderful lady by the name of Liz Coburn, who has become your angel. She's done so much research and even showed you things that you didn't recall ever doing. Every day. And that Aretha Franklin tune just swings. There's a Facebook page, Fan Club of Don Trenner. You've got to see this. It's unbelievable the amount of information about Don Trenner and all the people he's played with. And Liz Coburn is just something else. She just has found <laughs> incredible things. Every incredible. day. I hear from her every day and she finds stuff. I can't believe it. You know, She recently I, found something about Eartha Kitt now. I know. She? Well, I knew when I first moved back to, Cal, um, to Connecticut from California, it was a result of that terrible earthquake in 1994. Mm-hmm. You know? So we moved in 1996. Well, here's a kind of a funny story for you. I have a friend that lives in Germany, and she came over and helped Carmen, my wife, pack in California. And then she and I drove cross-country, got to Connecticut a week before Carmen and my daughter were going to travel. And since I had pets, you know all about pets, (laughs) I didn't want them to go on anything but a nonstop flight. So the only thing I could imagine that would work would be that they would fly from Los Angeles to Boston. And my good friend Paul Brodnax, (laughs) the wonderful piano singer, 
picked them up and drove them down to Connecticut. And they arrived on January 15th of 96 at 10 o'clock at night. And 10 o'clock the next morning, I was on an airplane back to Los Angeles <laughs> to play George Burns' 100th birthday oh my with Anne Margaret. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. And George Burns wasn't there because he had recently had a serious fall in a shower, I think. And, of course, he made it past 100, yeah. as Bob Hope did also. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's hope, you know, there's hope. Where there's hope, there's hope. (laughs) Don recently had a birthday, so we wish you a belated happy birthday, Don. Now, you know, I have to admit it, but now I tell people, you know how many keys there are on a piano? (laughs) And they say, yes, there are 88. And I say, well, I've got one year for every key on the piano. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way of looking at it. That's so you, Don. That's so you. I love it. I love it. That's too funny. Well, tell us more. Tell us about working with Ann Margaret. I know you have a special name for her. Oh, yeah, Margaret Ann. That's a story right there. <laughs> that There's is a, a story. good story. Let's hear it. Many years ago, when the Shah of Iran, who used to play tenor saxophone, came over with his wife, this sounds like a bebop word, the Shah and the Shah Banu, <laughs> right, came to Washington, D.C., and they requested for entertainment the possibility of having a little Ann Margaret show. So we took the whole show back to the White House. And I rehearsed with most of the Marine Orchestra and just my people who were with me. And Gerald Ford was president. And came time for the show, Gerald Ford got up and said, ladies and gentlemen, it's my big thrill to introduce this dear friend of mine who has done so much for the military and has appeared frequently. Ladies and gentlemen, Margaret Ann. And I started to tell you earlier today, she called me the other day, and this little tiny voice, because she's just a child, she really is, she said, hi, uh, this is Aunt Margaret. I said, no, it isn't. It's Margaret Ann. <laughs> Let's get this straight. And she said, did you get my mail? And I said, no, I haven't. She has written a piece for my book. I see. And I haven't received it yet, and she rattled off my address correctly. So then I gave her my email address, but I don't think she knows what a computer is, you know. (laughs) I don't know. She is totally one of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. She's Swedish-born, and because of my great affinity for Sweden, which came from Nancy Wilson, some of my very closest friends are in Sweden. And I Skype my friend, who is a television director in Stockholm, and his family three or four times a week. I'm in touch with him constantly. Mm-hmm. He's been to my home. I've been there with him. And um, that's a real joy for me, knowing that country. And incidentally, uh, my sob story, I drive a sob. <laughs> <laughs> and so does my daughter. And a sob, of course, is no longer existing. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, sob is starting to build cars again, primarily for the Chinese market. But... Um, Sweden is really, really important to me. I just love it there. And you came to that country through Nancy Wilson. Mm-hmm. How ironic. We first stopped, and, and that's how I met my friends in Holland. And that's how I did my first album with BJ in Holland. We did an album 40 years ago. No, I didn't know that. Can you tell our listeners who BJ Ward is? Well, BJ Ward is, gee, my stories. Oh. I met B.J. Ward when I was doing, after the Steve Allen show ended, I went to New York and did another show 
with my orchestra called ABC Nightlife with a rotate, rotating host policy. William B. Williams, remember that? He was the co-host of that show. And the opening, I think the opening was, um, oh gee, who was it now? The name is leaving me. But anyway, BJ was a guest on the show. I received a phone call, or, or rather I had to make the phone call to contact the artists that were going to be on the show and find out what music they had. So I called Miss BJ Ward and I said, I understand you're going to be on the show. And she said, yes, she was very nice. And I said, I just need to discuss with you your charts. And she said, my what? And I said, your arrangements, your musical arrangements. She said, oh. And there was a great silence. You know. <laughs> and then anyhow, she wound up doing the show. And that day, Joe Williams was on the show. Mm-hmm. And here was this girl. She was sitting on like an apple box with knit socks on, really kind of tiny. And this was BJ. And she was observing everything that was going on. And, of course, Joe Williams is totally together and very friendly and knows her. Hey, man, how are you? He knows all the guys, you know. BJ absorbed all of this. And it was time for me to rehearse what she was going to do. And she handed me, crinkled up in her fist, a piece of paper that was now moist from perspiration, <laughs> had a few little chords and notes on it, and those were her charts. <laughs> but she was so nice, I remember saying something to her. It's really true. After the show was over, I said, can I have those seven magic numbers? And she said, what do you mean? I said, your phone number. And I started to date her. And I went over to her apartment, and she had a spinet piano. And I said, oh, do you play piano? And she said, yes. I said, play something for me. She said, okay. She said, I know the second page of Rhapsody in Blue. <laughs> and that's all she did. And she's probably page. one of the funniest people I've ever known. <laughs> and I'm in touch with her again. We've recorded again. And it's, it's, uh, she calls this the, well, the, um, the Don Trenner Renaissance. I yeah. was going to say, you yeah. are the Renaissance man. It's just amazing what I'm doing with her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Don has been v- very busy going out to California to record with BJ. Um, in the midst of all kinds of other stuff that's been going on here, you've recorded with Shaney Rainbolt, you recorded with me, you recorded with a lot of different people, and then your jazz orchestra, of course, every Monday night at the Art Street Tavern in Hartford. Um, so Don keeps himself very busy. And then he also has students, uh, people who go and meet with him, instrumentalists and singers who go in and just take whatever knowledge they can from this great master. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. That's so sweet. Absolutely. I appreciate that. But the, the end of the story with BJ is that our relationship ended. Um, no, wrong. Our marriage ended, but the relationship didn't end. She was best She was best man at my wedding to Carmen, and she is my daughter's godmother. <laughs> and she is currently married to a man who is very ill, unfortunately, and his name is Gordon Hunt, and that's Helen Hunt's father. So he's unfortunately in very bad shape right now. And BJ is going to London and performing Marshall Bearer. She does a concert of all of Marshall Bearer's songs yes. in London yes. on the 13th of April. So she's leaving next week. Now, didn't she also do that at Carnegie Hall as well just recently? She, no, at the York Theater. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. at the York Theater, of course. Yeah. 
Right. And I was there for that. That's excellent. That's because excellent. She, she was known for a long time as the female Victor Borga, wasn't That's right. She? I once said I was the one that started that, and then she mentioned it to somebody, and they put it in their press. <laughs> She's dramatically funny. So maybe we should shift here and talk a little bit about the man, the Great Dane, Victor Borga, oh, a, a resident of Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. I could tell you a lot of stories about well, him. we'd love to hear it. Well, <laughs> exactly. one story I guess is kind of funny was Les Brown was hired to do something rather different in Las Vegas, and that was to bring the orchestra to a hotel, which was the Sahara Hotel, and play from 2 in the morning to 6 in the morning, the reason being that the show, the second shows would break at around 1.30 and people would have a place to go and dance. So one night when we were playing, I was sitting on this piano bench, and some man sits down on the piano bench with me, and he's sitting on the right side of me, and out of the left corner of his mouth, he said, push me. And I said, what? He says, push me. I don't know who he was, so I gave him a little push, and he said, don't really push me. So I pushed him. He says, really push me, and I pushed him hard, and he fell off the stool. And that was Victor Porca. <laughs> that was the first time I met him. <laughs> but there's a wonderful visual thing that I can do about him. It's hard to explain, but I saw him once at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. Well, I guess I can explain it pretty well. Or this beautiful stage, no front curtain, great big piano with a spotlight on it. The spotlights are dimmed. And out of an entrance door on the stage, stage left, out walks Victor Borga, and he goes to the front microphone. And he does, I would, this is where it, visually it would be bit, much better to see, but he acknowledges all the people up in the balcony and in the second balcony, and, and he looks over to the side. On each side of the stage, they had put some bleachers there, and I guess it was for founders of, you know, of the theater and he just glanced at all of them, and he's taking all of these elegant bows, and all of a sudden, he lets this big puff of smoke out of his mouth that he's been holding all this time. And his first words were, Holy smoke! Yep, I'll never forget that's it. That's a classic I'll Victor never Borka. forget it. I'll never forget oh, that's it. That's a wonderful time. That's and then a friend of mine from Sweden was traveling with Victor for almost three years to do a documentary on his life. Oh. And I remember they called me, and that camera crew came and interviewed me at the Ambassador Hotel to tell the stories that I've just told you and a couple other things yes. about Victor. You know. wow. uh, then I saw him conduct the um, Copenhagen the Danish Radio Symphony Orchestra. And I was there with somebody, a friend of, our, of ours, and... She was laughing so hard I had to give her my handkerchief. And, I mean, she was tearing. He's so funny. And all of a sudden he turns around to the audience and he says, that's not funny because the orchestra fell apart at one place. You know, We thought it was a joke. He says, that's, that's not funny. I was having trouble with that passage. I have to go over it again. <laughs> Remarkable man. One of my Absolutely one of my favorite entertainers in the world. Oh, yes, indeed, indeed, and yeah. a wonderful pianist. Oh, amazing. Uh -oh. And Muldow, Marilyn Muldow? Mm -hmm. The singer. The we singer. We used to sing with him. Oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. She used to come out and introduce her, and she'd stand in the curve of the piano 
holding onto the piano and hit, hit her hand off. Says, That's my piano. <laughs> Get your hand off, you know. And she was and such would, a good sport. Oh, and she he played an introduction for her that would never end. He wouldn't <laughs> let her in, you know. <laughs> I think that's how most pianists no, feel sometimes no, about no, singers. Not <laughs> so she finally ended whatever she was going to sing with this really high note. And BJ does something similar to this, but different. And Victor Borga falls off of the piano stool. And he said, there's no need to write a note that high. You know? So he gets back on the piano stool, opens up the piano uh, bench, and there's a set of seat belts in it and he puts the seat belts on she finishes her song they both take a bow and he's wearing the bench <laughs> yes. it's a marvelous moment oh, he's really it's incredible really is. it's just absolutely incredible and he starts to play he does it like 10 minutes on happy birthday but he starts to play and it comes out all wrong and then he turns the page over, over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. John, I know last year you got to meet Josh Groban. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something new because before you were contracted to even put together the orchestra, you didn't even know who Josh Groban was, absolutely right? Absolutely <laughs> right. That's absolutely true. I think we were filling you in on that one. I think we? you were. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I supplied 55 musicians for him. You know. Wow. And how was that event? I know you got wonderful. to meet him. Was, and... and he was really nice. And exceptionally talented. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was a great experience. And it's now so nice you know a, a, a new person. I mean, someone, <laughs> someone you didn't know. And, and that's amazing because Don has a story about everyone. You sit down with Don and then you just say, like, I was in the car with him on the way here. And I, I think we started saying something about Tim Conway. And he says, oh, let me tell you about Tim Conway. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know Tim Conway, too? <laughs> Yeah. And that's a good story. That's the well, funniest, one of the funniest <laughs> men because alive. Because Don actually had a part in the fact that Tim Conway had a career. Well, it was, it was one small way, but he remembers it because he's told other people about it. Uh, one of my very, very dear friends who is now 91 years old, and we could call her right now because I know her phone number by heart. It's <laughs> Rose Marie from the Dick Van Dyke oh, Show. Dick Van Dyke, of course. And I went to... Australia with Rosemary. She called me once after her husband had passed away, and he was a trumpet player, a staff trumpet player at NBC in Burbank, and he passed away. And she called me one day, and she said, I really need a friend. She said, would you be willing to be my musical director and pianist conductor? I've got a, a date in Australia. And I said, sure, I'll be, I'll be happy to go. And I went with her. And um, shortly after that, I was doing the Steve Allen show, and the phone rang one day, and it was Rosemary, and she said, I have a video, I think it's a video or a tape, I can't remember which it was, of a comic from Cleveland, and I wonder if you could get it to Steve. And I said, certainly, bring it down to my office. So I took it in to Steve, and she called me about two weeks later, and she said, any reaction from Steve? And I said, no, I'll, I'll go down to his office and bother him. So I took I went down to his office and we took a look at this and he hired him for six shows right away. And that's how Tim became Tim because his real name is Tom Conway. Oh, okay. But they had to change his name because there's an actor by that name. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there's a piece of information for you. I love these kind of stories, Don. <laughs> wonderful story. Oh, oh, oh yeah. we don't have enough time, Sylvia. Oh, I know. <laughs> 
know. No. I know. That was a good one. <laughs> See, that was a story that I hadn't heard before. Um, and there, that's what always happens with Don. You're talking <laughs> with him, and then suddenly there's this story that's, oh, where'd that come from? You know who and what happened when? <laughs> you know? It's a wonderful <laughs> thing sitting and talking with Don. It's just like the walking encyclopedia of the show business world. Well, I'll tell you, there's a funny reaction for me. Uh uh, so much is going on, just like today, in all these stories, and I think it's great. But um, everybody likes some attention. But I'm actually getting too much. It's really kind of embarrassing. I'm serious. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard for me to listen to all of this. Okay. Well. Okay. Don, we, we won't make. We you. don't even want to hear about that. <laughs> so in fact, should, we have to wrap up this show. So I'll say goodbye. We'll okay. wrap up this show. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for inviting you. me. Thank you so much for being with us. It's our pleasure, Don. It's great to see Twinkle Toes again, too. <laughs> and so this is Sylvia, and this is Pamela, and this is the Artist Space.